You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholz and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode eight of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholz, and I'm delighted to welcome onto the line Tom Hiscott, the editor of the Toolstation Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Doing all right, yeah. Not too bad, thanks. And you? Well, I won't trouble you or the listeners with the travails of my home improvements that are going on this week, but needless to say, if I'm a little bit off colour, then um, please forgive me for, uh, yes, the domestic disruption that's going on around my heating system. But anyway, we don't, we don't need to get into the weeds on that one. I, I, um, I've had a very good footballing week, Tom. Oh, good. That's always a good um, start. Yeah, last week uh, I went to Portishead Town um, for their game um, against Wells City and um, was treated to a, a masterclass by Ethan Feltham, who I'm sure mm. will be... Uh, we'll be talking about um, today, but um, many interesting things happened in that trip. One of them was I did a commentary of the game, which um, listeners can find on the uh, uh, on the Match Day Live platform, which is available through your smart speaker. Um, I, and uh, I did that with Nathan Truman, who, of course, was uh, uh, was captain at Portishead uh, until um, his his illness, um, his cancer which uh, we've talked about a couple of times on the podcast. Nathan's been a guest a couple of times. So it was really nice to get to spend an evening with him. Uh, And also we did some good work because we did a bucket collection for um, Somerset Mind and we raised £111 for them. So, um, you know, I want to say a big thank you to everybody. It was a huge crowd, actually, who was there. You know, Portishead have been getting some really big crowds. Um, so congratulations to um, to them. And my footballing week had a real flavour of the first division, specifically the top of the first division about it, because on Saturday I went to watch Radstock Town take on Longwell Green. Oh, hey. And uh, as always, had a, a lovely visit to, uh, to to Southfields, caught up with some old friends and, and saw a really enthralling game. Um, Radstock um, edging another one um, uh, to, to go second in the table. Um, um, so, uh, yeah, so you know, really enthralling Western League football. But having told you about those two games, we're, we're going to obviously talking about um, plenty of other games that have been going on predominantly um, on the weekend of the, the 16th of December. Um, our guests this week are Dan Hart, the manager of Buckland Athletic. And our first division interview is with Jamie Jordan, who's the manager of um, of Bradford Town. But we're going to kick things off actually on Friday, the 15th of September, a little bit of Friday night football, an impressive win for Bridgewater United, but not quite as impressive as the attendance in this game, Tom. Hmm. No, absolutely amazing. 490, just shy of 500 there on on Friday night, um, down, to, down to Watch Street versus Bridgewater. Uh, and it was the away side that, that came out victorious, a 3-1 win. Uh, it was uh, all square... Uh, at the end of the at the end of the first half, uh, Bridgewater finally breaking the deadlock ten minutes uh, after the break. Jacob Spence heading home, uh, and then they scored another one pretty soon after. And it was debutant Jay Murray also getting his head uh, on a on a pinpoint cross from Jack Ford. So that made it two 0 Murray just joining from from Western Super there. So that's a good start from him. Uh, then yeah, the home side got back into it. Uh, Thirteen minutes from time. Uh, Carl Strange managed to to get the cobblers uh, within a goal, uh, and that obviously set up a bit of a bit of a grandstand finish. And it was uh, Bridgewater who managed to to get that fourth and decisive goal uh, late on. Uh, a penalty uh, from Jack Taylor, super sub, came on, uh, was fouled in the box, and uh, yeah, then uh, buried the spot kick in the 99th minute. So there was plenty of stoppage time there for the uh, to treat the uh, 
the mega crowd, uh, but it was Bridgewater, the away side, that ran out 3-1 winners. Excellent stuff. Now, we will move on to Saturday, the 16th of September, and we'll kick our coverage off at Helston Athletic, a seven-goal thriller against Ilfracombe Town. And, uh, Tom, this game was was the, the, the archetypal game of two halves. <laughs> really was, yeah. So, Helston... Uh, coming into the weekend, sitting top, but that was uh, very much in jeopardy at halftime. Two goals down, uh, a couple of goals uh, right at the end of the first half. Uh, put Ilfracombe, yeah, two goals to good, and probably a little bit of a surprising scoreline on the way. But yeah, Helston, to be to be fair to them, uh, obviously had to had to dig deep, and uh, yeah, they managed to to get a foothold uh, back in the game. Jordan Cop scoring a penalty, uh, which had come in, incidentally just after Ilfracombe had. In, in fact, missed the chance to go 3-0 up from the spot themselves. So a big turning point there around the halftime period. Uh, so that made it uh, 2-1. Uh, and then Ricky Shepherd scoring three minutes later to to uh, to even the scores. And, uh, yeah, that set up Helston to, to push on, and, and that's obviously what they did. Uh, Shepherd scoring again 10 minutes from time, assisted by Cop this time. So those two were influential during the second half. That made it 3-2, 10 minutes from time. And then it was, uh, yeah, Shepherd scoring again. Completing his hat trick and uh, a 5 2 win for Helston. So they remain top of the table. But yeah, thrilling comeback. Uh, fair credit to, to Ilfracoom. Obviously, um, I'm doing all the uh, heavy lifting in the first half, but just came unstuck. And it was Helston who ran out winners. Yeah, if I watched the highlights at the weekend. They were on Piran Films. And mm. um, you, you, you sort of you wondered quite how a result of that nature happened in the game. But anyway, I'll leave the listeners to, 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 to catch up with those highlights. And very good as ever. Uh, now we'll move on to Millbrook against Buckland Athletic. And, um, well, Millbrook's difficult start to the season continues, Tom. Yeah, it did. Uh, and unfortunately for them, a 6-0 loss at home on, on the weekend. And, uh, yeah, Buckland, uh, uh, the latest beneficiaries of Millbrook's uh, leaky defence, let's call it that. Uh, Jared Lewington scoring a hat-trick for the away side. And there was also a couple from uh, Ryan Bush right at the start, right at the end of the game, I think, uh, from, from memory. Uh, so, yeah, it was a 6-0 win for the away side, uh, Buckland beating Millbrook. Um, well, Buckland, of course, managed by Dan Hart, who's been um, great value for us here on the podcast over the last um, few seasons. And uh, I thought this was a good opportunity to catch up with him and reflect on his side's ambitions and start to this season. Uh, obviously, 6-0 is a standout scoreline, but I did ask Dan whether the game was as comfortable as the scoreline suggests. The, the game was a comfortable one, yeah. Obviously, Millbrook have got um, a fair few, few things going on down there which are making things quite difficult for them. So, yeah, um, obviously a little bit understanding of of the, the things that they're going through. But, yeah, from our point of view, it was, it, it was, a, it was a good result and a good time to play Millbrook for us as well. Uh, and good to get back to winning ways. I mean, were you disappointed with the three-all draw at home to street? Yeah, I think always disappointed when you're ahead you know, towards the end of the game to concede late is painful, but we have won games this year in the, in the final moments as well. And I'm a firm believer that you do have to do a little bit more to close games out, particularly against a side like Street, who up until this week have been on a, a top run. So, yeah, we perhaps didn't do quite enough in front of goal that evening to, to close out the game. And, yeah, I was disappointed not to take all three points. Because you're handily placed at the moment in the uh, in the league in sixth position, um, um, but what are, what do you make of the way that your side has started this season? I think there's a lot to be said about you know the, the standard kind of response of having a few new players and taking a little bit of time to gel, especially some of those new ones that have come from from other really successful clubs and are trying to kind of input their personality onto our group and, and to our club. 
So it, it's taken some time. Um, perhaps I was guilty of, of toying a little bit around at the start of the season and, and throughout pre-season and trying to trying to do things that weren't quite natural to the players and um, maybe have come to a realisation at times that the amount of contact time we get with the players maybe limits some of the, the things that you can try and achieve with the team. So we've gone, gone back to basics a little bit and um, yeah, results and performances have become much more consistent um, and we look, yeah, much more ruthless and much more of a threat in both boxes, really, to to try and get us on the on the right platform to where we want to be in the league. Now, um, I know that Buckland are a very ambitious club. Um, so, what were your targets going into this season? Well, I think my target, like I said to you last year, I think we spoke at a similar time, if not earlier, last year in my first season, and. You know, no matter where Buckland were, I think they were 12th in the season before I joined. The, the ambition is to always finish as high as as physically possible and that you can attain. And I had, you know, lofty ambitions. And you know, we were third heading into the final week of last season. So having finished fifth, I think this year we'd we'd love to better that. You know, but for me, it's going to be about driving the players on and, and driving the club on. It's very ambitious. Off the field, the club's been successful and it's got such a good model and the way that they've they've allowed me to kind of um, input my beliefs on the club has been great. So we'll definitely be looking to, to achieve something special and, you know, fingers crossed we work hard enough and I'm sure we do to achieve that. But if not, I'm sure we'd like to get as close as physically possible now that... Um... Um, I mean, I've always enjoyed my um, visits to Buckland and you mentioned everything being set up off the field um for success at the club so so really um if you were to achieve promotion then there's no reason why buckland athletic couldn't be a sustainable southern league side absolutely i think you know for me it's it's a beautiful club with, with fantastic people and i've enjoyed every moment that i've been there and um you know for me it kind of brings that not pressure but an expectation upon ourselves to work even harder to achieve what they deserve and what they probably deserve for a long period now where they've been in the Western League and I'm just happy that we've we've made some steady improvements into last season and I think we had a really good year and then we've certainly improved on the squad the overall quality of our squad um, so hopefully we can go and achieve something this year and yeah you know if the stars align and, and the club moves forward into the next league then it's got everything it needs to sustain itself and to be successful at that level too. I mean, have you got a feeling who you're going to need to beat in order to sort of, you know, uh, um, come out on top at the end of this season? Who do you think the runners and riders are going to be? <laughs> I think it's very hard to say. We are so early in, in the season and already we've played against some teams that have surprised us with their level of ability. Um, I mean, we've played against Cleveland twice this year and they look a really hard-working and kind of awkward team to play against. And that's, they've been both very difficult fixtures. Um, I would say that there will be traditional big teams with, with kind of a lot of resource, you know, Barnstable, Bridgewater, Helston, and 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 we want to be a part of that. And I think that this this league this season is is very different to last year. Um, there doesn't appear to be a Saltash or a Malzo or team two teams that are going to stretch ahead of the rest. And already most teams have dropped dropped points, if not all. So it's going to be very competitive, which which is, makes it very fun, um, and also means that you've got to be on your A game and driven to to perform both as players and as coaches um, in every game and that's got to be the, the challenge that's laid out is if we can do that more often than, than everybody else and be more consistent especially with the, the tough and kind of poor start that we had um, as we move into the middle part and the end of the season then I'm sure we can we can surprise a few and um, yeah and achieve something so yeah it's going to be a tight one for sure
Because Tall Point have got off to a good start as well, aren't they? And I, and I just wonder whether perhaps you mentioned Clevedon Town there as well. I mean, there are se- teams early in the season who who seem to be doing. You know, they've started they started well, and it. I mean, I agree with your analysis about sides taking points off of each other. So, it, in a way, it almost feels like this could be a more enthralling race um, for promotion this season because so many teams could be involved in it. Yeah, absolutely. I think Tall Point have had that year to settle into the league Falmouth the same and, and both have started the season really really well so you know we, those sort of teams come as no surprise to me obviously being from this part of the country and I've not seen Nailsea yet but they've obviously got off to a, a steady start as well and you know there aren't any surprises this league is, is what it is it's very competitive there aren't any you know really easy games and um, and every week when you turn up you, you are you are really challenged to the best of your ability so keeps everybody's feet on the on the ground and, and it does demand you know people to, to turn up and perform home and away and yeah I, I'm not been surprised at all by the way that Tall Point, Falmouth etc have started the league because they're good teams with some really good individuals and uh, and, they're, and they're well structured as well so yeah it's going to be um, for sure this, this league this year is really exciting and probably consistently across the board and uh, step five is has to be one of the stronger leagues. Um, some of the issues that have been coming up in the interviews I've been doing this season we've got the perennial problem of p- player availability and I guess that's only you know going to get um, more stark as players have other things that they want to do on a on a Saturday afternoon um, and also the you know issues with discipline I know um, the, the the sort of the clampdown on 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 player uh, discipline and of course on the bench has been a has been a feature as well I mean have, how have you got your head around those two particular challenges this season um, player-wise, we've been far better, so I think that's part of a culture change. Um, and obviously, you can put things in place to ensure that that the players want to be there slightly more, perhaps maybe more than, than spending time with their partner or whatever it might be. Um, but we've been far better this season so far, and you know we've really not struggled with with unavailability. Although I know other managers have done, um, so that's kind of one. And then from a, from an officiating point of view, I think that there's. There have been other instances throughout the years where new directives have come in. Perhaps when I was when I was playing, it was it always comes as a little bit of a shock to the system, and you, you know you've got to act slightly differently to get around referees who are, are perhaps being challenged to do things that are being done at the top level, which don't quite resonate with the non-league game. That's the only thing I would put out there. And um, yeah, at times I feel that referees are being pushed out of their comfort zones, and and you know I feel you know sympathy with them in terms of that might not be the traditional way that they would like to let a game flow. Um, and for example, the, the, the clamping down on um, time wasting feels a little bit inconsistent and, and that's tough to manage for them. So yeah, it, it works both ways. I think from our, from our point of view, we had quite a lot of Simbins in our team last year uh, and we've worked really hard to, to get that number down and, and that's been successful-ish so far this season. So we do ha- have to all play our part. We can't just level everything at the officials and I'm sure that those those rule changes have been brought in for a reason. Um, but yeah, like everybody else, people will make mistakes and officials will make mistakes. So I'm sure that the um, the new directive and the new um, emphasis is will, will slow down slightly as the season progresses. Now, um, up next, you've got St. Blasey. Uh, that's that's away. Um, and, um, uh, uh, well, I'm sure they'll be looking to avenge um, uh, that heavy defeat you, you, you put upon them last month. Yeah, absolutely. They would have learned a lot from that. Um, you know, we played really well that night. I was on a, on a midweek as well, um, and yeah, we put them to the sword. We, we finished off our chances really well, which is something that we struggled to do beforehand in the season. And um, 
yeah, we, again, likewise, we, we would have taken the learning. We, we study footage, we study opposition really carefully throughout the season and um, we're fortunate enough or, or unfortunate enough, I guess, to to have played a couple of opposition twice already and St. Blasey will be another one of those. So it's an early opportunity to, to get six points against one team. Um, St. Blasey won't make that easy at all. You know, laughs down there at St. Blasey and, and the people in charge of, of the team as well will get things organised, I'm sure, and um, they'll make it a really difficult day for us. What well, looks like it's going to be a, um, a wet day on, on Saturday. And then next up, at Homer's Heath, that's at the end of the month, you take on Falmouth Town, don't you? I mean, they've started very well. You mentioned them already in this interview, and I reckon that there'll be a real carnival atmosphere. I reckon you'll get a, a really good crowd for that one. Yeah, absolutely. They travel well. They always travel well. They're, they're, they're balmy, to be fair. But I, like I said, I, I'm, I'm not taken aback at all by the way that Falmouth have grown. They finished really well last year in their first season, and they're so well supported. Um, they've got some really top players down there. I've got some close friends of mine that play for Falmouth, and yeah, that'll be a, I'm sure a really good for the, for this point in the season, a really good marker of where they are, uh, and certainly how far we've improved since the start of the season when we had a slight blip. And my thanks to Dan for his time. And our final game in the Premier Division roundup is Saltesh United against Nowsy and Tickenham, a five-goal thriller, Tom. <laughs> Yeah, and another comeback, and this uh, this one produced by Soltash, uh, running out three two winners at home to home to Nelsey and Tickenham. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty um, pretty much everyone knows about Soltash's uh, disappointing start, and uh, yeah, uh, but uh, they've they've started to kind of turn it around, and that looked to be uh, picking up a bit of pace on on Saturday when Jordan Ewing put them ahead after after thirty five minutes. Uh, but that 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 <laughs> that opener seemed to wake the visitors up, and uh, Lucas Val uh, Lucas Val striking a, a near instant equaliser, uh, and then scoring again pretty soon after to to turn the game in the Swags' favour. So suddenly. Uh, the Ashes finding themselves uh, on the back foot, uh, but that was uh, yeah, and that was how it stayed for for quite a long time until the uh, the closing minutes of the second half, and it was Ewing uh, managing to level affairs pretty late on with uh, with his second of the afternoon, and then uh, Saltash managing to secure maximum points. Pretty dramatic finish there, and it was Joe Priest scoring that four minutes from time, uh, scoring the winner, and so Saltash coming out three two winners at home to Nelsie and Tickenham. And now a message from our sponsor. Whatever the job, with over 25,000 products in stock and ready to go, you can click, collect and conquer at Toolstation. Now, moving on to the first division, well, we kick things off with Portishead. Um, they, uh, this time, were travelling to Bishop Sutton and, um, well, scoring four goals seems to be Portishead's favourite thing to do at the moment and, that's, and that <laughs> continued on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. They came home with a yeah a strong finish. Help them help them do just that. But it was yeah it was pretty tight for for much of the game. Obviously taking on the bottom side, so top v bottom, uh, and it was it did go with the form guide. Fort Portshead running out four 0 winners away from home. Uh, Kyle Egan scoring from the spot, uh, the only goal in the first half. Pretty fortuitous penalty uh, from all accounts. And then yeah, they had to wait until uh, about twenty minutes in time before they doubled their advantage. So so Sutton did keep them at bay for for quite a while. But it was that man you mentioned him earlier, Ethan Felton. Uh, firing past the Sutton keeper, uh, not his first of the afternoon. It must be said he scored, scored the final goal as well, which is now make it 22 on the season. I mean, we've only been going about a month and a half, so um, to do that in in such a short space of time, <clears throat> I mean, if he kept up this pace, he'd be on for, I I, I dread to think, but we on for triple figures, maybe not quite, but um, you know, he's get he's <laughs> he's scoring more often than not, isn't he? So yeah, he's uh, he's definitely firing Port's head uh, to well. 
yeah, they're in top spot and they, they, they don't seem to be uh, slowing up at the moment. And he's a, he's a big part of that. And there was also a goal from Callum Townsend, must mention that. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, Felton two helping uh, Porter's head to a 4 0 win away at Bishop Sutton. I mean, he got all four um, <laughs> against Well City. Mm, that's right, yeah. <laughs> and um, I mean, you know, the first couple of goals were typical Western League fair. The the, the 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 goals he scored in the second half I thought were outstanding. They were mm. outstandingly well taken and, mm. and executed. And um, I don't think my commentary really did it justice to be perfectly <laughs> honest with you, because you you sort of didn't realise he was going to be able to score the goal when he picked mm. up the ball. You, 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 I mean, it was just incredibly well executed. Anyway, I think there might even be some stuff out there on social media, but um, yeah, outstanding work there from from him um right let's move on to cheddar um they were at home to bradford town of course bradford um started the season brilliantly had a bit of a blip um but they look like they've got back to winning ways tom yeah they did a couple of a uh, couple of first half goals helping them uh claim a two two no win away at cheddar uh and it was um yeah owen bartley putting them ahead midway through the first half uh, and then they doubled their advantage in about the 42nd minute i think it was just for the break uh, Jack Whitcomb scoring from, from the penalty spot. So it was a, a, a win for, for Bradford over Cheddar. And that was a great opportunity for me to speak to Jamie Jordan, the Bradford Town manager. Now, I've never spoken um, to Jamie before, so it was always it's always nice to get a new manager um, on the podcast. Uh, and uh, we started off the conversation by reflecting on that 2-0 win at the weekend. And I asked Jamie whether it was good to get back to winning ways after the disappointment of losing at home to Odd Down in the game before. Yeah, of course. Um, obviously, we we started the season kind of um, on fire, winning kind of our first five games, and then since then we've kind of hit a few stumbling blocks, which was kind of expected with um, the new with a new team and and things like that. And I think the the schedule hit us pretty hard with kind of injuries and stuff. So yeah, obviously after the the disappointment of um, Chucking away um, a lead against Odd Down in the week, um, whereas if, where obviously our, our media guy is very good and, and, and puts the highlights up. If you watched it, you probably think it was a blooper reel on our part. Um, but yeah, we we bounced back um, well on Saturday against, against a, a really competitive and well-organised um, Cheddar side. So we were delighted to get away there um, from there um, with a two-nil victory. And you were happy with the performance? Oh yeah, of course, of course. Uh, one of our problems, well, not problems so far, as we've been, what's evident to see, we've been leaking too many goals recently. Um, so to, um, to kind of swing that around, I think, before, before Saturday, we'd let in 11 in our previous three games and obviously to go go away and, and, and get a clean sheet is obviously put us back to kind of the standards that, that we, we expect from ourselves. So one of those difficult days at the office would have been your trip to Portishead. Well, um, they've obviously um, started this season incredibly well. What did you make of them on the day? Oh, um, well-deserved victory, to be honest. Um, I think um, we probably played them on the worst possible day. It was that it was that weekend where it was probably 35, 35 degrees. Um, we were very stretched in in regards to to what we had in our squad, and but that still take nothing away from what they, they absolutely. I'd say they pretty much dominated the game. I think um, we went there with a plan to kind of stop the, the way they play. And that first half, it was um, we played it quite quite well. And um, we've hit the po- we've hit the post in in the first half before they scored. And 
they've got one probably five minutes before before half time and then after the then after the half time, um to be fair they've they've dominated. It was a really hot day, they keep the ball really well and um yeah, they they deserve the victory in the end and I expect them to be um well, obviously you can see the early early standings. I, I expect them to be there right at the end of the season as well. I'm, I'm conscious of the fact that, that so far the questions have been been slightly depressing. Um, and actually, you mentioned at the beginning of this interview that you did start the season really well. You won your first five games. Looking back on that start, do you think that that perhaps may have sort of set some unrealistic expectations about how well you were going to do this season? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, not internally. Um, we always knew that this season was a was a season for us again to to rebuild with obviously the the nightmare of, of, of last season um, with the relegation from Hellenic, obviously Premier League. It was always going to be a season of rebuilding and the club off the pitch rather than on the pitch. But saying that, we are ahead of where we think we should be on the pitch. Um, but yeah, I do believe the the first five games, um, obviously winning and getting not maximum points from those, probably. Um, put a target on our backs at that point and um um since then we've we've been rightly shot down and um our performances in, at times have been have not hit the standards that we hit in the early season but um but like I said good to, to, to get back on the kind of on the train on Saturday and get three points on the board after a difficult two weeks where we kind of um started shipping a lot of goals and more so is letting leads slip. I think the in the three games that we we didn't pick up um, any wins. I mean, two of those we were two 0 up at half time and um, lost one of those games and drew one and drew the other. And um, obviously, the Porter's Head game we we deserved to to lose four 0 and, and, and well done to them. But um, but yeah, the other two were very disappointing. But um, yeah, like I said, um, not not disappointing where we are. I think we are probably in the right position for what we kind of expected and um, we'll keep going and um, obviously on to the Vars this weekend I mean did you have any targets for how you you wanted to do um, this season yeah of course, of course. Um, we we know where we where we where we believe we sit in the league the, uh, to be honest I think the league is is stronger than than we when we sli- slightly stronger than we'd imagined as, as, Six, seven, eight, nine, ten very, very strong sides. Um, you can tell there's a kind of a an influx of of players from the Premier Division, probably not wanting to do the travelling and things like that. So there's some really, really strong sides, and and like we've learned, even the bottom, even the sides that have started the league towards the the bottom part of the league are, are capable of beating anyone on any given day. So, and that was that was proven in the week when obviously. I think before down come to us, they've they'd only won one game, I think, and they've turned us over, and then they, then they followed it up on Saturday beating Bocco. So, um, like I said, it's it's a very strange league, and anyone can beat anyone, and um, it's just um, going about each game um, in the right manner, in, in in trying your best to get yourself at the table. Now you've come up against the likes of Portishead, we've talked about, but you've also played Wing Canton, Brislington, and Bitten. Um, did you get a feel from any of those games about which sides do you think will do well this season? Yeah, obviously we we've had a really tough run as well, to be honest. Like I said, um, we came through. We've came through all the all the all of the games so far against the, the kind of so-called um, top side, excluding the Port Z game, pretty much unscathed. We obviously we drew with Bitten, drew with Brislington, 
and then um, won five one away at Wing Cannon. So um, we'd be pretty pleased with those results. And um, but yeah, in in terms of from what I've seen, I I still think I think Porter Z, um, Porter Z and Brislington are probably my the top two strongest sides I've seen. Um, yeah, and then followed by by Ditton. Obviously, we haven't haven't seen much of Radstock, and they're doing very well. Um, and then there's another there's loads of other teams I can mention, but you'd be here all day. And like I said before, I think it's just one of those leagues at the moment where it's proven everyone can beat everyone over a five six game stretch. Anyone can put a run together and kind of get themselves in those playoffs positions or or further up. Now you, you mentioned Redstock there. Actually, I was watching them um, at the weekend. Um, they their opponents on the day were Longwell Green. You've got them up in the Vars next. That Longwell Green, that is. Uh, they looked a handy side. They 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 didn't come away from Southfields with anything. But I mean, not many teams have done that anyway this season. So um, that will be a test for you, won't it? Yeah, of course. It's um when you go go anywhere in cup competitions, it's. it's Anything to do with the league and stuff goes out goes out the window. Um, we've already played Longwell Green once this season already at home. Um, it won it won three one on the day and that was a really tough tough game um, that evening. But um, we're expecting a completely different different game away down there. Uh, obviously on on the 4G pitch, um, they obviously get a, a really good following down for home games as well as do we away. So it's, I think it's going to be a very very good. Well, it'd be a very well attended game, I, I, I can imagine. And um, obviously, with the just the 90 minutes and straight to penalties, you, you never know what can happen in the Vaz, But we'll prepare as much as we can, and um, hopefully, we can get through to the next round. Um, now, one question I ask every manager the first time I get to interview them on the podcast is to tell us a little bit about yourselves, about about your um, footballing sort of journey. So, can you tell us about your journey to the Bradford Town dugout? <laughs> yeah, no problem. How, how long do you have? Um, okay, so um, I think I've played over 400 Western League games for, for ver- various clubs. Um, started at Trovers Town when I was 16 in the Hellenic League. Um, shortly moved to, shortly after moved to Bradford Town in in this league um, when I was, when I was 17 years old. Um, an influx of moves in between there, um, here, there, and everywhere. Um, in between and ended up um, probably six or seven years ago at West Spring where I probably had my um, longest and kind of most successful spell playing football um, where I think we we won the won this league in I think it was 2016-17 maybe when they got promoted to the Hellenic Premier League I decided to to move even take a step into management at, I think I was 29 at the time um, and took over my hometown club, Trobus Town in the Wilts Senior League. Um, and to, to be honest, it wasn't it wasn't really ever planned. Um, being, being a manager or taking on that role, I, I just um, I was just a real uh, lover of my of my local team, and I, I I was quite sad to see how they were were were, were doing in their in their current league, and just thought that I could um, do a better job. And um, it ended up being a very very successful spell. Um, and we obviously ended up leaving part way through last season. Um and I was delighted to see they went on and finished and finished the job off and kind of won the Wilts League last season. Yeah, and then ended up at end up at Bradford where obviously we had a very um a very tough um five months last season at the back end of their 
Hellenic Premier Division season where we end up getting relegated. And um, but it's got us to the point here now where um, um, where we can kind of restart again. And um, glad to be back in the Western League Division One. And um, more so, like I said before, off the pitch, the, um, the club just needed a, a real, real rebuild. And they've done a fa- Steve, the chairman, and Tim, the vice chairman, who took the club on when it was in dire straits last season, has done an absolutely fantastic job in kind of bringing it back to life, um, making it very um, sustainable, I think is the, is the right word to say, because that was the the main problem before. And um, yeah, they've done, they've done a great job, but um, obviously I've, I've, I've deviated there. But um, yeah, now 31 years old, um, player manager for Bradford in the, in the Western League Division 1, kind of um, 13 years on from when I played from last. Well, that's not a deviation because actually you've brought me on to a question that I think many of the listeners who are unfamiliar with Bradford Town um, will be will be interested in. Um, obviously, long-time listeners will be familiar with um, with Bradford. I mean, I certainly was lucky enough to interview Danny Greaves many times. He was a very successful um, manager at the club, and as a Wiltshire man myself, of course, I know just how beautiful Bradford. On Avon is to visit. So, Jamie, your last job here today is on behalf of the Bradford on Avon Tourist Board. Can you tell <laughs> us the match day experience at Trowbridge Road? Yeah, well, like you said, Bradford on Avon is, is the start is, is just a. I think anyone you ask, it's just a it's just a lovely lovely place to to visit, regardless of, of what of what you want to do or, or why you're visiting. But in terms of the, the experience at Trowbridge Road, I think it's um. Yeah, it's in terms of local football, it's, um, especially our level, it's, it's slightly unrivaled in terms of um, support. Um, the, the support has been magnificent for for years and years, and they're always kind of renowned for it. And especially, slightly strangely, that the, they're more so renowned for their away following. We've um, we've had some huge away followings this this season. Um, in long may it continue, but yeah, I just say it's a it's a it's a proper proper family club, um, set set right in the in the middle of the well, towards the middle of the town, easily accessible and um, yeah, well, not so much last season. Hopefully, if you if you're going to pay six pound to get in anywhere, um, we'll we'll have some entertainment. Um, and I think that's proved in our our games so far this season, regardless if that's um, gone for us or against us so far. And my thanks to Jamie for his time. Uh, now we move on to Odd Down, um, where the visitors were AEK Bocco and Odd Down uh, undergoing something of a renaissance, Tom. A hmm. little bit, yeah. It's, it's been good stuff. And uh, yeah, they ran out uh, two and winners on the weekend, but uh, late drama in this one. There was another, well, real late winner. Uh, so no, another good turnaround from one of uh, one of the Western League sides. Obviously, not great for Bocco. And uh, it was. Uh, a goal towards the end of the first half. Uh, Sid Partridge putting them in front, and then he had the uh, uh, the misfortune of then scoring at the other end as well. So that made it one apiece. So uh, not many, not often that a player scores uh, both ends in, in quite such quick succession. But that was that was uh, that was what what played out on Saturday in Bath, and it was it was one all, uh, and that was how it remained for, for well pretty much the majority of the second half. Uh, but and it looked like the points to be shared. Uh, but uh, it was Ben Millett uh, scored twice in midweek in that victory at Bradford that you just mentioned, uh, and his uh, his stoppage time winner helped score back-to-back wins. So uh, yeah, odd down doing good stuff and a two-one win uh, coming from behind to beat Bocco. And finally, a seven-goal thriller at Warminster Town. The visitors uh, were Bristol Telephones. We know 
um, how competitive they are. Warminster perhaps taken a little bit of time to get going this season, but they um, they certainly got going on Saturday. Yeah, they did. And uh, coming off the back of uh, a couple of 6-1 defeats, uh, back-to-back 6-1 defeats as well. So, uh, yeah, they will have been been under pressure to to, to get a result on the weekend. And it was a, a thrilling first half. Uh, the team sharing six goals, so three apiece at the break. Uh, Miles Hardridge scoring twice for, for the away side. But it was Warminster who... Uh, who ran out winners in the end, four three, and it was a hat trick from Nick Taylor that was the uh, uh, the main the main uh, main main influencer on on the game for them. And uh, yeah, much needed victory, I would say, following the uh, as I say heavy defeats uh, that had come earlier in the week. So yeah, Warminster beating Warm- uh, Bristol Telephones four three in, in an absolute thriller. Fantastic stuff. Uh, now we'll take a look at the fixtures coming up um, this week. Um, we do have a bit more f- of Friday night football, don't we, Tom? This time in the first division. Yeah, absolutely. So in uh, in the Les Phillips on Friday, we've got Clevedon hosting Bridgewater. Obviously, uh, Bridgewater coming off the back of a big win themselves on a on a Friday night, so they'll be up for it. <laughs> a clash in the in the cup at Clevedon, uh, and then in the first division, we've got Shirehampton taking on Canesham, who obviously. Uh, haven't played a home game recently because of because of stuff going on. So they'll be they'll be up for it. They just started to to pick up a little bit of form in the case, I would say. So a trip to Shirehampton, uh, potentially more points on on the way for for the case. But we'll we'll have to wait and see. Now we do have some Premier Division and one First Division game. Um, Tom and I will preview the uh, the FA Vars uh, second round qualifying in a, in a minute. But yeah, in the Premier Division. Brixham AFC take on Oldland Abertonians and St Blasey entertain um, Buckland Athletic. And our uh, sole first division game is odd down. Um, their recent good form credentials will will be tested, I'm sure, uh, when they entertain um, Cribs Reserves. So if we take a look at uh, look ahead at the Vars then, Tom, what, uh, what game catches your eye out of those fixtures? I'm going to go for uh, an all-Western uh, League tie between Helston and Street. Obviously, we've had Helston... Uh, turning turning the tables on Ilford Coombe at the weekend. They've got another home game uh, against the street side that, yeah, I think they've got a point to prove over the over the coming weeks. I think there's, there's potential for for a bit of improvement. So I wonder how they'll get on in the, in the cup and obviously meeting a side that, well, they might know exceedingly well, but a, a league ally. Um, we'll see how that one goes. And there's obviously a couple of those this weekend. So uh, yeah, always interesting to see how those those go in the when they meet in the uh, in the cup. Yeah, there are a few all Western League times and there are a few um, uh, new names. Um, one name that isn't new, of course, is Roman Glass St. George. Mm. Previously of this parish, they travel to Hengrove Athletic. Be interesting to see um, how Hengrove get on there. But one game that has caught my eye is Warminster Town. We, we talked about them um, just now. Uh, a, a really a, a good result for them um, in the league um, against Bristol Telephones, and they're taking on Fleet Town now. Memory serves me correctly; it wasn't that long ago that Fleet were in the uh, in the Southern League. So obviously, you know what goes up sometimes comes down, um, and it may well be that Fleet aren't the force that they once they once were. But anyway, Warminster Town, of course, a team with real pedigree in the FA Vars, and I I do hope that they're able to um, put on a show for their supporters and and uh, find a way through to the to the next round. That's um uh, well that wraps up the uh, the the fixtures um Tom I think we'll 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 have a break from doing the the league tables it's still pretty mm-hmm. early for that type of thing um but we will talk about your excellent bulletin of course that's what we've been reviewing on this episode of the podcast where can the listeners find that so the uh, yeah the bulletin's on the uh, toolstationleague.com website uh, you just scroll down a little bit it's on the on the homepage there 
under the latest news and uh, yeah that will be out every every week and uh, published uh, after the mainly after the games on the Saturday afternoon Excellent stuff. Right then. Well, I'm going to go back to moving boxes from my box room. <laughs> Enjoy. <And> I look... <laughs> Thank you very much. And, uh, and I look forward to catching up with you, Tom, and the listeners on next week's Toolstation Westernly Podcast.